Today's episode of the Natural Habitat Podcast is brought to you by the season of fall. It's here. The leaves are turning brown and orange and falling. They're leaving. Rotten pumpkins are out on the sidewalks and on people's doorsteps. Smashing pumpkins. The world is a vampire. (laughs) That was the Smashing Pumpkins song, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. The world is a vampire. And this is the season. Indeed. That it feeds. So, uh, today is November 1st. We're here to kick off the season of thanks. And, you know, we're going to be very thankful. We're high. We get sentimental. Joey's playing piano right now. That's how thankful we are of you. All the listeners out there, all the people on the team, you know, we're thankful of Ty, we're thankful of Chris, William Waffles, uh, Joey, I'm thankful for you. And uh, thank you. Thank Jerry. 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 What? Yeah, he's been doing a great job, actually. What is that buzzing sound, Jerry? I mean, it's like we're over here giving thanks and trying to trying to tell people that we appreciate them. And I hear this buzzing from the back. So you need to take care of this, man. This is your job. Maybe it's your headphones. Just I'm really jiggle, tired of you. Just, just jiggle it. Hold on. It was my headphones. I'm sorry, Jerry. Good job to you, too. We love you and we're thankful for you. So, uh, we don't really have any sponsors today. We're brought to you by Fall. And we're just going to get into it. So, today we're doing a part two of something that we started last month, and that is alternative human history. Even though I called it alternate human history, I'm regretting it. I might go back and change it, nobody will know. And I might take this out. Member? Oh, I member. I member. As do I. So, do you remember what goes right here? The Natural Habitat no, that's at the end. We're not over. It's not over yet. Little did they know. Oh, that's what it. What numbers is? What so, numbers this? This is like who even fucking knows? But yeah, we're lost in the sauce. Yeah, but now in the month of November, we're doing uh, we're doing three minute episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Same so same that's thing. it. Same thing. Mm-hmm. So bye bye. We'll see you later. Uh, tune in uh, next week. Or oh yeah, we're also doing weekly instead of three times a week now. Yeah. So uh, tune in, drop in, drop out, tune off, and maybe, we love you. Maybe next Tuesday. Maybe. Maybe the, maybe the Tuesday after that. We'll see. Natural Habitat Recordings. The Natural Habitat Podcast. One, two, check. Is this working? Is this mic on? Is this mic for a phone frickin'? Frickin'. Your mic's on. I hear you. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Whoa. Can you hear that? Yep. Can you hear this? <laughs> oh, what is that? That's my turkey. 
Oh, hey, hey! Welcome to the Natural Habitat Podcast. My name is Mikey Booya. Uh, my name is Turkey Farmer, <laughs> and we are here to drop some knowledge about the past, ancient history. But before we do that, I want to drop some knowledge on the present time, right now. All right. Before we get into that, it's almost it's it? it's almost time. To vote, okay? Uh, what is it, the 9th or something like that? No- no. November 9th, November 8th? Yeah. Yeah, election day is somewhere around <laughs> the 9th or the 8th. And... It's not the 28th. No, no, no. It's very soon. So, people are going to be out there voting. Uh, I'm not, we're not, I'm, I'm not, 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 yeah. I'm not getting into the whole president thing right now. But... If you are in California, I know a lot of our listeners are, there's a proposition that's up to legalize marijuana. It's the Adult Use of Marijuana Act, also known as Prop 64. So there's a lot of people still, surprisingly, that are misinformed about this. Like I saw people, someone on Facebook that is an avid marijuana user was like, yes on 64, you know, fucking emoji all this stuff, and then someone commented <laughs> on it, and then uh, <laughs> emoji, all these things. Yeah. I didn't want to say what emojis because I don't yeah, want to yeah, like yeah. put them on blast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because this isn't hatred towards them at all. This is just uh, there's a lot of people that are misinformed still, and somebody jumps on it and they go, you know, Prop 64 is actually a bad idea. You shouldn't vote for it, and then uh, it's like not for the people. And then this other person that made the post goes. Oh, yeah, I get it, bro. You got good weed. We all know you have good weed, but, you know, we want legal weed. And he's like, thank you, but that's not what I'm talking about. Like, it's a bad measure. So I've been looking into it a lot, and a lot of my friends are still misinformed. So I want to inform people about Prop 64. Yeah. So for one, inside of this proposition, it says that we give up all rights to alter the proposition in the future and that they can change it whenever they want. So this can turn into whatever they want it to, and we don't have any right, like we waive our rights for the adult use of marijuana in California. They say that they're releasing people from jail, but they're also gonna be incarcerating a lot of people between 18 and 21 that are using marijuana because that is an illegal age bracket. Um, The AUMA, is you know backed by like Pfizer it's backed by uh Climate Corp which is owned by Monsanto and there's all these bad corporations that you know are against cannabis because they prescribe everybody pills for the same things that cannabis treats so they're the ones that are going to be in control of it it's actually going to make it more like alcohol you're not going to be able to be under the influence when you're driving. It'll be considered a DUI. And all of these like all of these ridiculous laws. Everything's really weird with concentrates. They say you can have up to 8 grams, but then they say that they'll penalize you for 4 grams. And it's very poorly written and it's not written by someone in the can- like the cannabis community whereas Prop 215 for people who are familiar with that, the guy who wrote that is probably the biggest stoner I've ever seen in my life. He's lit. 
He cuts his own hair. This guy's like the real deal. But <laughs> the guy who wrote uh, Prop 64 is not that. He's a businessman that's trying to make money off of this. And it takes it away from the people. It takes away 215. It's no longer a medical thing. And it's not the one that we want. So it might look like legal weed, but it's not legal weed. I agree. I think it's bullshit, like always. But um, I also think that for the majority um, of Californians are, are smart enough to know better. You know? Yeah. Like, there's a reason why it's never passed here yet. <clears throat> And it's because we're not stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to continue with that vibe. And I'm going to push that out there, you know? Don't be smart. Educate yourself. Make sure you read and look and see what you're fucking getting into, especially if you care about it. And it will lead you to the same decision as ours. You know what I mean? Um, it really will. It's, it's, all, it's, uh, it's all fucked up. It's not what it seems to be. And other states are hurting because of it. Yeah, Colorado made a lot of money, but they didn't do nothing with it, you know. Yeah. And the money doesn't go into the right hands, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're paying fucking um, just all kinds of bullshit that uh, should be spent on other things like education and, you know, getting rid of fucking homelessness and, and things that are, like, actual importances yeah, you know, and especially that's a, because we have an overflow of fucking printable money here, we should be able to like fix all these things. Yeah, and that's another one of the main points is that all the profits that will be coming from marijuana in California are going to go into a new company that's going to be created, like a marijuana bureaucracy, and it's not going to go into communities or anything like that or schools, like you were saying. Uh, if you want to grow weed in your backyard, you're going to have to fill out all kinds of forms. You're going to have to get you know, all of this, like, uh, like uh, your landlord has to okay it. Permission is the word I was looking for. You get permission from your landlord. All these different things instead of just, oh, it's legal now so I can grow it. That's not the case. You know, tobacco is also legal and you can't grow that because that's a cash crop. They grow that and they give it to us. Yeah, well, that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. To marijuana and cannabis, you know? Yeah, they're trying to make it so you can't grow it. But people think, oh, legal weed, I could smoke it, I can grow it. Trying to turn it into a commodity instead of, like, you know, making it a taxable thing instead of, like, treating it as what it is, classifying it as a drug instead of classifying it as just a plant because really that's all it is, it's just a plant. Yeah. So for, for, it's, it's basically an illegal way to make it legal. Yeah. And, it's crazy. While zero dollars is going into schools and not even like, you know, only $10,000, I'm talking zero dollars into schools, millions of dollars are going to go to and to local that are going to create a way to regulate marijuana and driving marijuana in the car. They're talking about having some sort of like when you buy it in a bag, it comes sealed like a like a little heat sealer and then if you break the seal it's considered an open container like if you opened up a can of beer and you had it in your car so there's going to be all these weird different regulations so the schools don't get any money but the cops get millions and millions of dollars to create fucking all these different ways to bust stories and get money that doesn't matter though that's just a byproduct you know what i'm saying like really it of it always goes corrupt 
when uh, um, when the state becomes yeah. in charge of something, and that's probably the reason why it's illegal federally, anyways, is because you know le when left up to the state, it it's always like corruptible. You know, that's why that's why like yeah. Vegas can gamble and nobody else can. That's why I fucking you know like I don't know all, all kinds of rules are really weird. There's you know. Um, there's dry counties and, and weird places that, where you can't even, like, have alcohol and, mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know. So, like, when, let you know, when left up to the state, states do fucking crazy things, you know. Texas yeah. wants to be its own country, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's Who the, knows, you know. They want to split up California into five fucking states also yep. so, or some shit like that. So, I don't know. People yeah. are crazy, you know. Yeah, that's the last thing that we want is for them to have control over the cannabis part because – the best part about being a stoner in California is that if you get pulled over with weed, even if your car reeks like weed, the cops will tell you to leave it at home. They'll be like, just leave it at home from now on. I don't care. And worst case scenario, they're going to take your weed. Yeah, but those are, that's a byproduct also. That doesn't if you're, like yeah, if you're, if you're not on probation or anything, it's no big deal. But now if there's some sort of regulation thing, you know, a cop's not going to pull you over and you're fucking hammered drunk and he's going to be like, just drink at home, buddy. I'm going to fucking let you go this time. The so, real problem is, is the fucking destruction of the medical, you know? Yeah. That, that's what the problem is. It just everything, abolishes. Everything else is just a fucking bonus for them. But really, like, the people who are going to suffer are going to be the people that currently use it for real medical reasons or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it's, it's not, I don't know, it's just set up to be political, you know, like everything else. And it's not, we're not ready for that. That's, that's probably why we've never legalized it yet. Hopefully we continue to not legalize it here because, you know, until it's legal on a federal level, it's really pointless for us to legalize it anyways because it's not going to be recognized so it's like you know there's always a potential to get in trouble you can never get banks involved you can never like you can never it can never really truly be legal anyways yeah get abundance of money and can't do nothing with it it's a fucking setup it's a trap you know so it's best to not go down that rabbit hole <laughs> yeah i think that right? uh I think that people are smart, you know what I mean? And I think that they can see through it. Californian, like I heard a saying, and it's, uh, you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool Californians about weed. Yeah. And I think that'll show when it comes time. So yeah, hopefully. all I can do is have faith. Have faith in my fellow stoners. Yeah. So um, are you ready to dive into part two of this feature about an alternate human history. So uh, the first time we talked about it, and or the, the first one that we watched last week, you can go ahead and pause this and go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. But we found this uh, video that's talking about these ancient writings about uh, Atlantis, Lemuria, and it's from, what's the guy's name? The Egyptian writing god? Thoth. Thoth is his name. And he wrote all this shit down, taught everybody how to write and keep records. And it talks about how everybody, there was like a thousand people on Earth. They all spread around, came back. Some aliens came down. There was Hebrews and then Martians. 
The Hebrews were cool. They taught us math. Martians had big dicks that they were going to shove in our vaginas. I don't think that happened yet. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, no, Every... it did. It did. They became like a, like a bad married couple. Yeah, because they couldn't get back to Mars. They were stuck here. And we were like 13-year-old girls. And now we're not. And now we're not because we bred with the Martians. Now that, we're males. It's kind of where we left off. And then we were talking about... Uh, they're talking about the magnetic forces around the Earth. Oh, yeah. We were getting crazy yeah. with the fucking pole shift, right? Yeah, and how everything's warped. They're talking about polar shifts and how the magnetic forces around the world are all warped. And it could be from us and our technology that we've created and all of these different waves that are going through the air. Or it could be doing it naturally, and that's why the world is getting so crazy. Is because the world we're, is a vampire. Because the world is a vampire and we're smashing pumpkins and we're affected by the shit. So yeah. that's where we left off and we're going to dive back into it right now. But before we do that, we're taking a break. Remember, Harry, it's Marion's first holiday turkey, not a word if it's dry. I remember. It's her first turkey. It won't be juicy. What they don't know is Marion's first turkey is America's first turkey, Butterball. It's always juicy because it's specially deep-basted, so every slice is moist and tender. Mmm, juicy turkey, Marion. I knew it would be. After all, it's Butterball, also available fresh. We are Beatrice. After all, it's Butterball, bitch. Hey, hey. Hey. Did you see some cool costumes? Did I see some cool costumes? Yeah. Yeah, I did. What'd you see? I saw some fresh costumes. I, I saw a costume uh, that was like this lady took a canvas, right? Did like front and back canvas and made little head holes and arm holes. So it was like a big square. And with a bunch of Sharpies, I'm pretty... Here, let me talk to you over here real quick. I'm pretty sure she was on meth. All right. Okay, let's go back. It's the, it's the, wait, come over here again. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way that I think she could do this. I'll tell you the story, but keep in mind. Okay. All right. All right, let's go. So she had this canvas and it was like, you know, a good three feet by three feet. And she had recreated a lottery scratcher ticket with Sharpies. And it was all like, it was like a crossword thing and had the whole lottery symbol and literally everything that you would find on the front of, you know, a $3 crossword lottery ticket. And the words were all like, costume, contest, winner, blah, blah, blah. And she like entered a costume contest with it. And that was probably the most creative costume I saw. What about you? Uh, I saw a bunch of cool shit. I saw a lot of Harley Quinns. Yeah. Yeah, I saw... They called it Harley Ween. We saw a cool couple. We saw uh, a female Freddy yeah. with with uh, Michael Myers' boyfriend. Nice. Yeah, that was cool. And then we saw this little kid. I think this little kid had... It's always the little kids that steal the show. Smart fucking parents. Mm -hmm. And it gave me super good ideas. But uh, this one kid had... Uh, a wagon and then he had this like cardboard cutout of uh 
garbage truck around the wagon. Yeah. And then it had like LED lights all around it and shit. And it like it looked like a legit garbage truck. And then he had like a uniform with the the reflector jacket and everything and it had like LED lights on it to what? match the the truck and he had like a little hard hat and everything and he was like he's like straight up the garbage man and then was he putting his candy into the garbage truck in the back yeah he was like he was like getting strolled around in between houses in this garbage truck that's so gangster his candy yeah it was so sick bro it was like it was it was one of the smartest ones yeah for sure definitely definitely pretty ingenious Man, that's a good idea. That's dope. Yeah, and our, uh, we had our dog wear a turtle shell. Yeah, I saw that. She was a turtle. Boom. Done. Everybody liked her. That was almost that was almost my costume. It was Shoot. in between the turtle or Psy from Duck Dynasty. Oh, nice. And I went with Psy. Nice. It's always, it's always the way to go. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're going to start this up and take dab number six. Number fucking six. Number six. Number six. You've never said that one before. I know. <laughs> uh -huh. It's a big one. If you want to go watch any of our top five videos on YouTube, you'll get that reference. Maybe. Or maybe you just got it then. I don't know. All right. I'm going to uh, share this here. Share the screen so you can see it. Camera's off. Bada boom. All right. Let's do it. All right. There's one other thing that we need to discuss about polar shifts. They always line up with a consciousness shift. They are interrelated. Filth lived on Atlantis for a very long time, and he told us that he saw the Earth shift five times, watching the sun rise in the east, and then the west, then the east, then the west. This is how to explain why during a consciousness shift at the end of Lemuria, it sank beneath the oceans and Atlantis rose. If the crust was spinning randomly around the planet, many geological events such as continents rising and falling would take place. Now that we have an understanding of polar shifts, we can continue with this drama on Atlantis. Okay, real quick, for people that haven't listened to the first one, that was some crazy shit when they talk about the polar shifts that uh, happen every like 13,000 years or some shit like that. Scary shit you ever think of. Yeah, and if the, if the Earth, you know, the poles shifted and the crust separated from like the core of the earth and all the inner shit and then just kind of slid around like a sock sliding around inside your shoe then it would just cause mass fucking tidal waves earthquakes everything would be destroyed mostly everything and we were talking about it in the last one that it would form new volcanoes you know in theory if there's shoots where the pressure is released and then the crust slides around and now there's nothing on top of that chute, the pressure will build, blow, and then create a volcano. Exactly. Boom. So that's a trip. Right. Just to think about is a trip. Yeah, that's heavy shit. 26,000 years ago, we were exactly where we were today on the procession of the equinox. We had gone through our falling asleep phase and we were about to begin waking up. It was at this point that there was a small consciousness shift. We actually went, get woke y'all. Down in consciousness, not up. A piece of Atlantis about the size of Rhode Island sank in I'm gonna cut that part out, I regret it now. Uh. ...to the ocean. This caused a tremendous amount of fear within the Atlanteans, because they thought they were going to lose the whole continent, like what happened with Lemuria. 
Because of the consciousness shift, one of the bigger things they lost was their connection to the future. They couldn't <coughs> foresee big events such as the potential sinking of their home. After about 200 years, this fear began to subside. Now, in both the Bible and the Sumerian records, the accounts of Adam, Eve, and all of their children were recorded to have exceptionally long lifespans, like 900 years or so. So 200 years for us back then is like 20 years for us today. We'll explain how we got there soon. Things kind of settled for a while, and then between 13,000 and 16,000 years ago, a comet approached the Earth. Because we were living at a high consciousness across all dimensions, the Atlanteans became aware of it before it hit. A great conflict occurred in Atlantis. The Martians, who were in the minority, even though they were in control, wanted to blow it out of the sky with their laser technology. <laughs> However, the Nikals had learned of the comet's true nature, and the Atlanteans protested. They said that the comet was in divine order. They had to allow it to take place naturally. Let it hit the Earth. That's what's supposed to happen. The Martians fought the Atlanteans, but in the end, they gave in. The Martians agreed to let it hit the Earth. When the time arrived, it came screaming into the atmosphere, plunging into the Atlantic Ocean, just off to the western shores of Atlantis, near where Charleston, South Carolina is now. Only that was at the bottom of the ocean at the time. The remnants of the comet are now scattered across four states, and science has definitely determined that it hit at least 12,000 years ago, if not more. They're still finding pieces today. Although the main portion struck near Charleston, a few fragments actually hit the main body of Atlantis, crashing into an area right where the Martians were living, killing a huge portion of their population. They were pissed. They said, it's all over, we're divorcing you, and we're gonna do whatever we want. You can do what you want, but we will never listen to you again. We know this whole bit. We've seen it in divorced families throughout the world. And the children? Well, look at our modern world today. We are the children. You can guess what the Martians did next. Their primary interface with the reality was control, and when their anger rose to meet their desire for control, they decided to take over the Earth. They began to once again create a complex like the one they built on Mars long ago to try and create another synthetic Merkaba. If they had succeeded, they would have gained control over everything on the planet. The only thing was, around 50,000 Earth years had passed since they had built a So a Merkaba is, it's a Star of David, is what it looks like. But it's also a portal to travel through space and time. Correct? Um, I don't know about... Or is it just space? I think it's just... Well, no, space and time are the same thing. You're the same thing. So, look, I think it's more about um, controlling, like, uh, power, like, through the planet, through, like through the um, magnetic waves or some shit, like being able to like communicate and fucking, I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they set him up in, in certain spots because of stuff within the planet. So like, that's what it sounds like to me, you know? Yeah, that's a trip. Merkaba, and they didn't quite remember how to do it, but they thought they did. The Martians built the buildings in Atlantis. They set up the whole experiment, threw the switch, and lost control. The destruction was immense. In this reality, you can hardly make a greater error than to create an out-of-control Merkaba. The experiment began to rip open the dimensional levels. Not the higher ones, but the lower ones. To give an analogy, if you took a knife and slid open your stomach, the stomach acids would seep into other parts of the body that it's not supposed to be in. That's like ripping open the dimensions. The Martians almost destroyed the Earth. The environmental disaster we are experiencing today is nothing in comparison, though today's disasters are a direct result of these events. 
Because of this tear in the dimensional levels, a huge number of lower dimensional spirits and beings were thrown out of their comfort zone and into these higher levels. They were forced into a world that they did not know or understand. To survive, they needed bodies and began automatically entering into the bodies of people. For every human body, there were hundreds of lower dimensional spirits inhabiting them. These beings were earthlings like us, but very different, not coming from this dimension. It was a catastrophe, probably the biggest the earth has ever seen. The reason the Macaws were special wasn't just because of their incredibly high consciousness, making them like guides of Atlantis. They also had achieved what today we call immortality. Let's just say they figured out a way to keep their body healthy and young for as long as they chose, and could choose to pass on whenever they desired it. When reincarnating, they do not suffer the great memory loss that we do when we incarnate. They did it through their expanded consciousness and tantric interdimensional sex meditations. This is how Thoth was a priest king of Atlantis for thousands of years and stayed on Earth until 15 years ago when he gave all of his memories and understanding about sacred geometry to a man named Drunvalo Melchizedek. The Merkaba is formed out of three star tetrahedrons overlaid on top of each other. Two of them are counter-rotating and the third is stationary. When the Merkaba is formed with the unity consciousness, it is... Who? Let's go back to that guy's name. Let's find this guy's name. Remember they desired it. When reincarnating, they say? their expanded Thoth consciousness and tangible they desired years ago? When reincarnating, they do not suffer the great memory loss that we do when we incarnate. They did it through their expanded consciousness and tantric interdimensional sex meditations. This is how Thoth was a priest king of Atlantis for thousands of years and stayed on Earth until 15 years ago when he gave all of his memories and understanding about sacred geometry to a man named Drunvalo Melchizedek. Drunvalo is formed out of three star tetrahedrons overlaid on top. Drunvalo Melchizedek? Yeah. Find him. How the hell do you even spell that? I found it. I found it. Oh yeah? Yeah, it's it's drunvalo.net. D-R-U-N-V-A-L-O.net. <laughs> this guy is the keeper of the secret geometry. Until he just got it fifteen years ago? From Thoth. No fucking way. Alright. Dude. We'll check this guy out. Later. I looked up upcoming events and he has no events. So let's fucking get him on the podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's get him on let's get him on part three. So that way yeah. we'll be super knowledgeable and we'll hit him up and he'll be like, Alright, I'll talk to these kids. Alright, let's do it. I'm gonna hit him up. <laughs> top of each other. Two of them are counter-rotating and the third is stationary. When the Merkaba is formed with the unity consciousness, it is formed internally with love. When it is formed externally through the Lucifer experiment, it does not have that love and can become unstable very quickly. The Martian's attempt at controlling the world took place on one of the small islands in the west of Atlantis. This place today is known as the Bermuda Triangle. It's a triangle because the top of the stationary tetrahedron of the Merkaba is actually sticking out of the water there, which causes a huge electromagnetic imbalance in that area. Many planes and boats have reported to have gone missing there. They just vanish without a trace. The imbalance is multidimensional, and in many cases, these ships and planes have been sucked into different dimensions, never to be seen again. That Merkaba is still there on the seafloor today, but from what I know, it's going to be corrected soon. The Nikals did their best to save Atlantis. They sent most of the lower dimensional beings back, at least as many as they could, and sealed up the dimensional tear. Despite this, the situation got really bad, really fast. All of the economic systems collapsed. Financial, social, and all concepts of how life ought to be completely broke down. Everyone on Atlantis began getting sick with weird diseases and the entire continent went into a state of survival. Life was no longer about living. It became about surviving until tomorrow. It was a literal hell on earth. 
The Nikals had no idea what to do. They were children compared to the events that had been thrust upon them. So they prayed. They prayed to the highest levels of conscious life in the universe, asking for help from anyone who could hear them. The problem was reviewed on many high levels of life. Who I am drawing is the Justice oh, League, Batman, because the 11th Superman. and 12th dimensions <laughs> are completely incomprehensible to us in our current state. What they told us was this, we were going to fall. We were going to hit rock bottom, level one, the lowest place we possibly could be in the universe and still survive. Also, we were changing polarity. We were no longer a female species, so we were starting from square one as a male species. And finally, and this was the shocker, we would only have 13,000 years to return to Christ consciousness. Normally, it takes hundreds of thousands of years for a species to get to Christ consciousness. We had to do it in a fraction of the time. If we didn't, we would not survive. This Christ consciousness? has never happened before in the universe, what do you think that ever. Is? Thoth, who was the priest king of Atlantis at the time, learned that they would have to perform this experiment on themselves. They received instructions from the highest levels of life and they went on their way. Thoth proceeded with a being named Ra and Aragat, who were previous kings of Atlantis, and began the experiment. To understand what they did, we have to talk about consciousness grids. A planetary grid is an etheric crystalline structure that envelops okay, the planet and so holds the consciousness is... of any one species of life. This grid does have that an It sounds to me like, uh, it sounds something. It sounds like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nice. That was a great, that was a great explanation. Um, apparently... It is just an ascended being. So Christ consciousness, it's just used as like a... Yeah, but this, this, I'm just saying, like, it sounds like they're selling something. This is just like uh, their shit to sell it for Jesus, but it's the same thing. Like we were talking about earlier, I think it's the same thing. It's a, it's the Buddhist dude. Yeah, you know? it's that's it's like... A, a trying to, like, reach an enlightenment by fucking... Yeah, Whatever. and they and they compare it to Christ consciousness because that's something that is comprehensible by everybody, whether you believe in it or not. The understanding of everything, right? Yeah. How do you do that without fucking... Because that kind of threw me off when I saw that, but now that I looked up what Christ consciousness is, it really doesn't have anything to do with believing in Christ. They're just Christ-blaming. Yeah. Exactly. Like how they used the Justice League a second ago. Yeah. Same thing. Okay. Component associated with the third dimension, but it also has a component for every dimension as well. These grids are geometric, of course, and science will eventually discover that there is a grid for every species in the world. Each of these grids have their own geometry and are unique. There's not another one like it, just as the species itself are unique. These grids give off light as well, and from space they can be seen as the source of the bluish glow around the Earth. What Thoth and friends had to do was create a synthetic Christ consciousness grid, allowing humans to ascend to Christ consciousness in a very short time. But first, let's talk about the science behind the grid. Perhaps you've heard of the 100th monkey experiment. Over a span of 30 years, scientists were researching a species of monkey called Makaka Fuscata on an island in Japan. They were providing the monkeys with sweet potatoes by dropping them in the sand. The monkeys liked sweet potatoes, but they didn't like the sand and dirt so much. A few monkey children figured out that they could wash their sweet potatoes, and some of them taught the technique to their parents. Only a few of the adult monkeys did this though. This went on for some time until one day, the monkeys who actually knew the technique hit critical mass and bingo. The technique started spreading faster than it did before. Monkeys started learning it really easily across all of the Japanese islands nearby, as well as on the mainland. They knew that there had to be something that wasn't yet understood about how a species is connected to itself. So what did we do? We tried it on humans. 
Our research team made a picture out of human faces, about a hundred faces hidden within a single picture, but at first glance, you could only see about six or seven. They did several surveys with a few hundred people in Australia and said, all right, find the faces. Most people could only pick out six, seven, eight, nine or so, not many more. After that, the research team went to Britain and aired the picture on a closed cable BBC special that was shown only in England. They showed where all of the faces were, every last one. Half of the research team, which stayed in Australia, did the experiment again with new subjects. And lo and behold, people were just naturally able to see more faces. After this experiment, they knew that something definitely connects us all, and the field of noetics is learning more about it daily. It's all right. That's crazy shit. Because yeah, I like that. Yeah, I heard about uh, there was a study that they did with lab rats, where they and I think it was that the hundredth, like the hundredth monkey thing, monkey. Uh, they took like these lab rats in New York and had them in a maze and they taught them the maze. They had like a hundred rats learn the maze and get to the cheese at the end. And then they built the same maze in LA and had different rats that weren't genetically linked at all or had never been around these rats, had them attempt the maze and they could all do it right away, like maybe one or two wrong turns. But for the most part, they found the cheese almost immediately. So that's some proven shit that all the species are linked together. It's a trip. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Too high for this shit. Mass consciousness. In lesson 11, I showed you the three levels of consciousness. Each of these levels have their own consciousness grids around the planet. And our second level grid is based on squares and triangles. Many governments of the world, especially the Russian and US governments, were studying our grids back in the 60s and probably earlier. When mapping out the grid on the planet, you find little military bases on many of the nodal points of the grid. There are tons of these bases way out in the middle of nowhere, like on little islands like Guam. This couldn't be a coincidence that these government powers place their bases right where the little spirals came out of the grid. They were trying to take control of the grid because if you control consciousness, you control what we think and feel. Of course, there was another organization that had its hand in both of these governments and still do, and we will discuss them soon enough. This grid is visible oh, through shit. astral projection as well. 13,000 years ago, it began. Thoth, Ra, and Aragat were to create a global complex that was able to build a synthetic Christ consciousness grid over a 13,000 year time period. The first thing they did was to fly to a place which is now called the Giza Plateau, but back then it was known as the land of Chem. It was also a rainforest back then as well, not desert like it is today. First, they created a grid around the planet fourth dimensionally, and then began to construct it in the physical third dimension. They went to the male energetic axis of the earth and constructed a complex which today is called the Solar Cross. These men were six dimensional beings at that time and were living at a very high level of consciousness. So whatever they thought happened instantly. It was that simple. According to Thoth, he built the Great Pyramid, not the Egyptian King Cheops. Thoth says that it was built 200 years prior to the pole shift and built very quickly. These pyramids were aligned precisely with both Fibonacci and golden mean spirals emanating from out of the solar cross. Interestingly enough, Edgar Cayce also channeled that the pyramids were constructed in this time. The pyramids were also found to be built from the top down. The stones on top were placed first, which has baffled researchers ever since. Every time more is learned about the pyramids, we move further into dark on understanding how they were formed. If what Thoth says is true, well, <laughs> that explains... Did we both just say what at the same time? Yeah. Is that for real? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> How crazy would that be? That's why we love this shit, you know? Like, who... See, the cool shit is that there's no defining either way yet. So until we know, 
it's good to be like optimistic. It's good to like try to think of things from different angles and like you know, I mean, this is a cool representation of that. This is a cool angle this guy's looking at telling the story. Yeah, and I'm not mad at it. You know what I mean? Like I'm 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 totally okay with this shit because like it's. You can't be set in one thing because we don't know any. There is no absolute truth yet. You know, nobody knows what happened and how the pyramids got built for sure yet. Nobody knows. Everybody speculates. None, nothing is fact until it's fact. You know, and and so like, psh, who knows? These guys are speculating pretty fucking hard. Yeah. <laughs> but it's cool. I like it. You know what I mean? Like it's cool. Yeah, a lot of it's based. It's built on fact. So that makes it even more to where you're like, I don't know, man. Like what parts what parts are legit? All of it? None of it? It's not none of it. All we know for sure is that they're here. <laughs> we know they're built. We know somebody had to have built them. We know they come from a, uh, a wide spectrum of time between like fucking 10 and 20,000 years ago, supposedly. But there's ones from before those ones even. Yeah. They were built on top of those, you know. So who knows, man? And there's there's, there's so much destruction of property and <coughs> like destruction of like um, records and knowledge and things since that time. In twenty thousand years, bro, we fucking we're lucky that the pyramids are even standing. Yeah. So like to say fucking. Who who's who's to say yet? You know, maybe we'll come up with some like s soon. We'll figure out like some pretty solid evidence of like more certain ways it could have been done. But for now, it's still pretty fucking unknown as far as we know. You know, like everything we were taught growing up has been wrong. Yeah. So it doesn't really hurt to speculate. I agree. And, um, you know, this shit's getting deep. And I think that this is a perfect time to cut it off and save it for part three. Oh, shizzle gigs. Mm -hmm. So that's going to happen on Tuesday of next week. So tune in for that for the dramatic conclusion. And we'll find out what the fuck is really going on here and how much of this is really real. And by then, we're going to have done a whole bunch of studies on how the pyramids were built from the top to the bottom, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that I am. Yeah. I'm very interested. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. We're thankful. And thank you. Are you going to say yeah one more time? Nope. Natural Habitat Recordings.